Hi everyone, it's Roger and Jeremy here from the What's On Disney Plus podcast. In this episode, we're going to be sharing our thoughts on Rescuers Down Under. So this one um, was picked by our patrons and YouTube channel members to do a review for, and you can help support the channel by going over there. You can also find us over at whatsondisneyplus.com. So let's jump into it. So Rescuers Down Under originally released back in 1990 and was the first kind of big sequel that Disney Animation ever did. And we basically see um, the rescuers head down under to rescue a little boy who can speak to animals. And that's pretty much about it, really. <laughs> so, um, so, Jeremy, uh, what did you think of this movie? Um, from a nostalgia standpoint, I loved it. It was another one uh, we referenced in our Great Mouse Detective episode. I, yeah. One I liked watching as a kid. This was one I loved as a kid. Um, as an adult, I see some problems with it that I didn't see as a kid, but at the same time, I still love the characters of, uh, Bernard and Miss Bianca, but I love Bob Newhart and anything. So that's, uh, uh, one of the great things there. Uh, I did enjoy since the character, the guy who voiced Orville, the albatross in the original rescuers had passed on. They got John Candy to play his brother, Wilbur. Nice, uh, nod to the Wright brothers, uh, first in flight here in the United States. So there were a lot of things about it that were really cool, but I feel like if you know about the Australian uh, geography, that it, <laughs> it it will take a take a little bit out of it uh, for you. Yeah, it definitely yeah. did for me. Because um, I remember this was again another movie that I had not seen before. This was one that had, um, come through. So um, again, this would have been I'd have been about ten or eleven when this movie first came out. And I don't think I actually, I don't really remember the first one very much either. I think I have seen it, but I can't really remember it. And having watched this one back, I'm there going, I'm watching it. I'm about five minutes into it going, yeah, I've not seen this one before. And then there was that thing of the opening scene of just like, now I'm someone that did about six months backpacking around Australia. And I know how big Australia is being in my car, taking three days to get from Uluru to the rainforest. And he just walked to the end of his garden and he's like, opens up with Uluru and it looks so fantastic. And we're out of Okay, we're in the outback. And next thing we're in the we're in the tropical rainforest. And I'm like, that's like three to four days drive. We're about two, three thousand miles away. Yeah. And he's just walked through the garden. And I'm like, okay. And then we got like, and, and I'm like, okay, okay. We really are just abandoning all kind of <laughs> concept of Australia is about the size of a small that town at this point and i'm just going okay i'm just just go with it you know and it's like it felt a little bit like let's try and grab as many australian stereotypes as we possibly could to use in the first 10 seconds and i was just like okay i know where you're going with this um, i was like going okay 1990 that might explain it apparently this was made after you know the crocodile dundee movies had done so amazing and suddenly they deemed that um, Australia was something that would be interesting for um, kids to be interested in. And I kind of was like, okay, yeah, let's get past this. If you take that away, it's like something this kid can speak to animals. And then I go, well, was this kid in the first movie? Was, was, have, we done the, have we done his... I was like, okay, he can just speak to animals. No mention of why he can or how he can. He can. Um, and then you know, he's obviously trying to help the, help another animal in the, in the pit. And and then we end up with this really weird, like, hunter. It's like a really weird villain. It's like very, yeah. It didn't really kind of grab. And then obviously with her, had the whole thing of him just wanting to get out of that eagle with the bird, with the, um, I'm like, okay. And 
it was just a very strange movie. And then suddenly, then we had the two mice come in. <laughs> and the rescue. Because I think there was that thing of like, I suddenly then realized, going, I've never seen these guys before. I don't, I haven't seen the original rescuers, and so therefore I'm like, okay, and so we got them. It's like, okay, and then the mouse gets in, and the, and I think that completely then threw me was going, of like, because I think I did spend a few minutes saying, I have not seen the rescuers because I don't know who these are. I've seen <laughs> them. I've seen, you know, you see that kind of thing of, you know, you see all the merchandise, you see them, all the things, and you see them in the trailers and stuff, and then you sit there and go. Yeah, I don't actually know. Because I'm there thinking, I recognize that guy's voice. And I'm thinking, obviously, um, from Elf. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. And then it was like kind of moving on from there. And you know, then we had this like weird, well, he wasn't a kangaroo because yeah, he was the size of a mouse. So I don't know what he was. But I don't know. It was just a strange little movie. And then like kind of got to the end and went, okay. It had a very, a very simple rescue the kid. Rescue, they rescued him and then you know he rescues the bird but he ends up kind of end up getting out with images and i thought that worked out all right i i i, I definitely enjoyed this one um, a little bit more than we did for the great mouse detective i'll be honest mm. that was another one that we did recently um very much in the average territory i think kids are gonna like it i thought the animation i know there's some great opening scenes with the um the going over the like sydney and i enjoyed the bird aspect and it was kind of like I'm glad it was a short movie. Mm-hmm. I, I, like I said, I didn't dislike it. It was very much, you know, obviously with the stereotypes and stuff. Okay, I know where you're going. I can see what you're doing. Um, but that was the only thing really was that, that stood out to me. I'm like, it's like okay, very simple, very average. Nothing really um, blew me away. Um, but I at least can remember it a little bit. Yeah. Of it, whereas, um, so that was my one thing that I, I wasn't. It was that kind of odd, odd, strange thing with this one. Going, oh yeah, no, I can. This one's very much in that weird thing of like, this is just not strong enough to be around. Of course, you know, this was right after, right after what um, Little Mermaid and just yeah. before Beauty and the Beast. It was right in that I think of like being surrounded by two amazing movies, yeah. and this one just got like lost in the shuffle. Uh, yeah, this is the uh, forgotten uh, film of the Disney Renaissance because it's not a musical. And, you know, you know, between Little Mermaid and Tarzan, they all have the same formula for making the movies. And most of them are really good, even if they are the same formula. Whereas this one is kind of, eh, it's different. It's honestly, it's my favorite sequel from Disney uh, main studios. I I enjoyed it more than Frozen 2 and Ralph Breaks the Internet. Uh, So, uh, yeah, but um, I can see. I can see the issues. I've never been to Australia. I'd love to go someday. Uh, my exposure to Australia, my wife got really big into Australian TV a few years ago. Most Americans get into British TV. She got into Australian TV. So um, I can't complain. Some of the shows are really good. Um, yeah. but yeah, We were stuck binging um, Mar- Married at First Sight Australia. We've been watching it for weeks as long. <laughs> Um, um, I think it's just that kind of weird thing. Like I said, it, it's it's like looking at it back back on it now. Of apparently it did. Um, it had a major problem with. Um, it came out and they essentially it didn't do as well as they wanted. So they like instantly like pulled, um, like the advertising campaign for it and stuff. And it, it kind of because it just didn't do as well as they wanted. And I I kind of kind of looking at this here now of just kind of. Um, because it was only fourth behind Home Alone and Rocky Four and Child's Play Two, and um, well below the studio's expectation. And then they decided to pull all the television um, advertising 
so it really did drop. I mean, I, I mean, it pulled in like forty-seven million worldwide um, at the time, and that just shows you the fact that it didn't make a strong debut. I mean, to be honest, it's going up against Home Alone. Ironically, they didn't realize that they would own Home Alone. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> <Yeah>. a problem. <laughs> but um, you know, yeah, yeah Disney's own everything yeah. when it's done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they'll left soon have Rocky and um, you know, other one else, but it's that kind of weird thing again of the instant reaction of it didn't perform cut or funding. Yeah. And you can see now of just like, even with movies today, you know, if they aren't sure of it, they don't invest in it. They don't invest in something until they know it's a sure hit. Um, I, and I remember uh, referencing the uh, waking sleeping beauty uh, documentary that's on Disney yeah. plus to talk about. It was the first fully digitally animated film instead of being hand-drawn, they actually got in and, uh, did the drawing on computer, you know, it was still 2d animated instead yeah. of the 3d that we know today, but it was kind of the forerunner for that. So it broke ground in animation. Yeah. Um, so it, we, a lot of what we love today, we owe to it. Yeah. Uh, so it has its place, but it get like, it gets lost. Cause you have, uh, you know, it's surrounded by, like I said, surrounded by little mermaid and beauty and the beast mm-hmm. with those soundtracks by, uh, Ashman and Mankin are difficult. Basically anything Alan Mankin does is going to have great music. Um, yeah. we lost Howard Ashman in the early nineties and we imagine what he could have done going forward. Yeah. Uh, so it does feel lost because it's released in a time of musicals with no real music. I mean, it's got a score. It's got a really good score, yeah. but no, you know, no sounds, the, no bangers on a soundtrack, you know? Yeah. It's, it's really funny of like, like I said, of like going back and picking, you know, these ones get thrown up um, and picking out some movies and stuff that we've just not seen, not, and maybe a less talked about because you know yeah we could you know we can do beauty and the beast um but that one's such so well known it's it is just nice to use the disney plus library to kind of get access to these movies that you maybe necessarily wouldn't see and um, i definitely think like you know if your kids try this try this try these kind of things out you know rather than just letting them watch frozen 2 and moana consistently you know yeah. let, because they're like, okay look we're gonna have a change up well let's watch a different movie this week you know, give them, you know, I mean, even if you just made them watch one different movie of the 50, what, 50, 60 animated movies a year, you know, that was, you know, that would nicely round up um, and get through it that way. I mean, that would be, I think, just a way of showing them something else rather than, but I don't know if kids will, I don't know if, I mean, are kids going to connect with this one now? I mean, the animation is very ropey. The kids might see straight through it. I, mean, I don't think it's strong enough. You know, if I was only going to show like my nephew, this wouldn't be a one I'd, I'd kind of get him off on the, the younger ones. I'd, you know, maybe yeah. try something maybe like Jungle Book or something a bit shorter, brighter with music to kind of keep him going. Right. I don't know if I would straight away. Yeah, it, it makes reviewing them so much better too because Beauty and the Beast, all right, what are we going to say that hasn't already been said? It's a great movie. Yeah. Five stars. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, this one here, I would give it, a, I'd probably give it a three. It's very average, very run-of-the-mill doesn't really necessarily push any buttons but it's not dreadful i didn't say no, it's, it's not, not like sitting there going not sitting there going oh that was awful i didn't enjoy it. like, i'm sitting there, i'm glad i've seen it i'm really glad i sort of took the time out to watch it and i'm definitely i'm really glad i, I don't view it as a waste of time and i'm you know sometimes you watch some of these movies and go, oh god that was just that was tough that was oh, we'll tough be talking about me. one of those soon <laughs> You, uh, yeah, we, we, yeah, we'll have one about White Fang that we'll be talking about, which is a bit bit more tricky. But yeah, but, as far uh, as kind of finishing off with the rescues down under, what was what what is your closing thoughts? Uh yeah, uh, for ranking for rescues down under, it was uh, probably three and a half. I agree that it 
doesn't hold up as well as I loved it as a kid, but it was still a good time. Uh, maybe the movies being shorter help uh, yeah. in that sense, but you know, I, I enjoyed it. I, I would recommend, I would recommend people try to watch the rescuers as well mm. and compare the two, because I know a lot of people who are like, I love the rescuers. And then when they started describing it to me, I'm like, you're describing the rescuers down under it, This is the one well, people tend to remember. <laughs> Yeah, well, this is an ironic thing about how many people have done it. Well, they because it doesn't necessarily. I mean, you know, there's a reason why Disney tend to put numbers in stuff. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if you didn't know, you could easily just you know the rest goes down under. Okay. Yeah. You know, and uh, in some way, there's not really a, there's not really a they just appear and there's a group of people and they're all going down there and you're going okay we've been summoned down here and. Kind of, that's it. That's enough. Yeah. It was. It, <laughs> it was enough. That there's basically a mouse UN, which they established <laughs> in the first one. Yeah, it kind of. You didn't necessarily even question it. Like, okay, they're being rescued by some mice. Okay, <laughs> they've got any agents in Australia. <laughs> But no, nevertheless, let us know in the comments below what you think of Rescuers Down Under. Love to hear your thoughts. Remember to go check us out over at whatsondisneyplus.com. You can help support the channel on Patreon and YouTube channel members where they get access to these episodes a little bit earlier than everybody else. They also get to pick out these movies as well that we're going to um, check out. So you can do that as well. And on that note, guys, thank you very much for joining us. We should see you guys soon. Laters. Bye.